we've been talking about what would I tell my boys? What are some basic principles that I would want to share with them? I have five boys, five sons. What are some basic principles that I would want to share with my sons that I think are exceptionally important? They're, they're life-directing principles. And I've kind of boiled it down to four, and we're taking a weekend to talk about each one. So two weeks ago I said the first one is to give your heart to Jesus. He's the only one that deserves it. And he's the only one that can be trusted with it. Even you yourself can't be trusted with your own heart because you'll, you'll find ways of making a mess of it. Secondly, give Jesus complete control of your heart and life. He's the only one that can make you into what you were meant to be. He's the only one that can make you into his masterpiece. And so this weekend what I want to talk about is the idea that you are to, we're called to guard our hearts above all else in Scripture. And I want to read you that passage. It's found in the book of Proverbs chapter 4. And it's Solomon. And he's giving wisdom to his son. And he, and he gives some great instruction. And that's where we find the, the passage that we want to reflect upon for a few minutes uh, this weekend. Uh, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. My son, be attentive to my words and incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, uh, for from it flows the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your feet away from evil. Now, here's a lot to say there. Now, the NLT translation, that's the Bibles that are in the chair in front of you, say this in the verse that I want to reflect upon is Proverbs 4.23. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So what does it mean to guard your heart? What are we talking about? Well, it certainly doesn't mean that you keep people at arm's length or you dwell on this earth in very shallow relationships with others. I love the quote from C.S. Lewis. Let me read you a quote. He said this, to love it all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it up carefully round with hobbies and little luxuries. And avoid, avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in a casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. To love is to be vulnerable. So, so when, when Solomon gives this instruction to his son, he's not saying, keep your heart to yourself. Don't ever open it up. 
But the opposite is also true. He's not saying that you should blindly uh, give your heart over to unproven and untrustworthy persons, allowing them the freedom to use, abuse, and, and manipulate us. Well, first, we need to ask the question, I guess, and ask, well, what does he mean when he says the heart? You know, we often think of the heart as the seat of our emotions. We say, I love you with all my heart, right? And, and we, we talk about the heart as being the seat of our emotions. We say, stop behaving with your heart and start thinking with your head. And we separate thinking and loving between the heart and the head. We believe that in our Western society that thoughts are from the head and emotions are from the heart. But you know what? In this Scripture, the heart is a much bigger picture. It encompasses much, much more. In this Scripture, the heart is the totality of who we are. It's our emotions. It's our intellect. It's our desires. It's even our will. The heart encompasses everything that we are as a person. Jesus said the words that we speak flow out of our hearts. The choices we make flow like a stream out of our hearts. That our hearts are really impacting our lives every day, more than we know. Your heart is really who you are deep within you. Your emotions, your will, your inner spiritual life. So in our text, the Father is warning His Son to protect His heart, to carefully watch over it above all else. We need to explore why. Why do we need to guard our heart? And what does that look like? What does it look like? How do we do it? So here's the big idea that I want you to take home this weekend. We must make guarding our hearts a supreme and constant effort in our lives. So let's talk about what that means. Guarding your heart is about paying careful attention to our thoughts, our emotions, our desires, and our choices. We're called to guard our hearts above all else. He says, don't make it like when you get around to it. Guarding your heart means that you're doing it on a regular, constant in a way. For instance, let me give you a couple of examples. Did you lock your car when you walked in here? Did you hear the cheap chirp go on your, when you hit the keys? Well, good. Guard your heart. Better than you guard your car. Are you protecting your marriage? Good, I hope you are. Now protect your heart. In fact, protect your heart more than your marriage. Are you uh, working hard at watching over your kids? Wonderful. Absolutely important. Parents, protect your children. But you know what? You need to not forget that you have to protect your heart. Are you uh, careful about your health? Well, that's a good idea. Now be careful about your heart. And I don't mean your physical heart. I mean all that you are. Your mind, your will, your emotions. In fact, your heart, he's saying this. He's saying, son, protect your heart above everything else. Now why would he say that? Because if you don't protect your heart, your marriage will suffer. Your children will suffer. You will suffer as an individual. Your life will not go the way you want. In fact, your life will fail you if you're not good at guarding your heart. Now somebody has said, and I love this picture, they said, our hearts are like musical instruments. And, and instruments need to be tuned or they sound bad. 
I mean, they, I mean, sometimes it can sound really bad when they're not tuned, right? Have you been to the younger kids when they do their first concert and the string instruments? Yeah, you, if you have, you know what I'm talking about. They haven't figured out tuning yet, which is so important. But instruments need to be kept in tune. You can't just walk away and forget them. You need to regularly pick them up and play them. You need to tune them. Because if it's not in tune, it sounds bad. And if you're not diligent to care for them, they'll go out of tune. And what he's saying, what what Solomon is saying to his son is, your heart is like an instrument. And it can go out of tune very quickly. So you've got to be diligent. You've got to be careful. You've got to keep it in tune. Because if it gets out of tune, things are going to go wrong real quick. So guarding your heart is keeping it in tune. And that means you have to listen to it. You have to see if it's in tune. And when you neglect your heart, it's bound to get out of tune. When your heart gets out of tune, your life is going to go in a very wrong direction. The problem with all of our hearts is they easily go astray. They go out of tune. And left unattended, they don't sound right. They don't work right. And that's why Jeremiah says, I think in Jeremiah 17, The heart is desperately wicked. In other words, left to itself, the heart can get really out of tune. But when the heart is tuned and cared for, it can be very good. In the New Testament, we're told that we've been given, if we call upon Jesus as our Savior, we've been given a new heart. (laughs) Which is great news. He says this in Ezekiel 36, 26. I will give you a new heart. And I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out that old, stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. That's the heart we need. Now, how does this take place? How do we get a new heart? Maybe you're here today and you say, well, I go to church, I believe in God. How do I get a new heart? Well, simply this. John chapter 1 says this. To all who believed in Him, speaking of Jesus, and accepted Him, He gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn not with physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. And the Bible says that when we call upon Jesus, when He opens our eyes and He turns our hearts, He gives us a new heart. He gives us life. Now why should you guard your heart? Because the heart is an incredible amount of power. It can direct our lives. It, 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 can, it, it can direct the course of our lives. Let me just say this. Not it can, it is. It's not a matter that this might happen in your life. It is happening in your life. Your heart is directing your life because it's your will. It's your emotions. It's how you think. It is directing your life. The question is, is it in tune? Is it in tune? Notice what Jesus said about the heart. He says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When somebody cuts you off in traffic, what comes out of your mouth? Because at that moment, you are revealing the state of your heart right then and there. The Bible says in Proverbs 4.23, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of light. Your heart is determining the flow of your life. It's like a brook. It can either be crystal clear... Or it can be polluted by the world. How clear is your heart, the stream of your heart? Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. 
Where you put your, where do you put your trust and your love? Um, that reveals how you use your money. You know, your money really it doesn't just determine who you are status-wise. It determines the state of your heart. Because if you're trusting in money, if you're putting your dependence in money, if you're finding your joy in it, it, it is gauging the state of your heart. Mark summarizes the heart, and he says this in Mark chapter 7, verse 20. What comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, out of the heart of man, notice, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and they defile a person. What Jesus is saying is your heart, whether you know it or not, is directing your life. It's directing the course of your life. It is managing your life. Now, why do seemingly good people fail? Why do they fail? Because they have corrupted hearts. You can't win the battle of the heart from the outside. You know, some people say, well, I have a problem with my mouth. I swear a lot. And they think, well, I'll just make a swear jar and I'll put a buck in every time I swear. And, and you think, well, that'll fix it. No, that'll just put a lot of money in the swear jar, ultimately. If you really are serious about it, it might be a good retirement plan, but it's not really going to fix the problem because you're trying to fix it too late. When you try to catch it at the lips, you've, gone, you've waited too long. You need to go deep. You need to fix your heart. Because at the heart, at any moment, you are re- your heart is being revealed. For instance, did you know that you are showing the condition of your heart at any moment? Some of you have had, maybe this week, you've had an angry heart because your words have all been in anger. You, you just... You're flying out and you're angry. Or you have a worried heart. Your words just speak of worried about this. I'm concerned about, you know, I'm concerned about the weather. I'm concerned. It, you're concerned about everything. And every time you, you, you say something, it shows that you're worried about something. Or you have a coveting heart. I wish I had that. Oh, if I had more. Oh, if. Or a deceitful heart. Or a slanderous heart. Or an envious heart. Or a proud heart, or an adulterous heart, or a bitter heart. You know, some of you can't talk about a person because you're so bitter towards them. James says this, but if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth but with boasting and lying. And James basically saying it is you may think you're covering it up, you may try to cover it up. But your heart is going to reveal itself sooner or later. Your heart overflows into thoughts, words, and actions. And if your heart is out of tune, it will show. Because you are playing your heart by your words, by your actions. Your heart is being played every day. You are playing a song. Well, how do you guard your heart? We talked about what what does it kind of mean. How do you guard it? Well, think of your heart. Let me give you another picture. 
It's, it, think of your heart first as being something that can go in and out of tune, like a musical instrument. But let me give you another picture. Your heart is like a drawbridge, okay? So now what I want you to do is I want you to visualize an, an old castle with a moat around it, right? And it's got a drawbridge. And the drawbridge can go up or it can go down, right? And when the drawbridge is up, it's, the castle is protected, right? But when it goes down... It can either let things in or let things out, right? That's what a drawbridge does. Now, at a drawbridge, you generally have soldiers standing there to, gar- you know, to guarantee that whatever comes into the, the, the city, or you know, whatever goes, comes in or goes out, they know what's going in, they know what's going out, right? So do that. See, so your heart is the castle, and you can allow things into or out of your heart as you lower the drawbridge. Alright? Now here's where the challenge comes in. Many times, we don't operate our drawbridge very well. Some of you just have your drawbridge down. And there ain't no guard there. And it's just like free trade back and forth. And you're wondering why things are going bad. Here's, here's what the question we need to ask. What am I allowing in And what am I allowing to go out? And by doing this, we're guarding our hearts. So let's ask that first question. So he says first, what am I allowing to go in? And I want to challenge you, because I believe that many of us are allowing our hearts to be polluted. We're allowing them to go out of tune. Okay? Uh, What are you allowing into your heart? At any moment, you're allowing streams of information. You're allowing words, you're allowing images, you're allowing allowing sounds, and it can quickly pollute and damage your heart. Some of you are, you know, I believe that we live in a time today that it is so easy to so pollute your heart and so damage your heart by what you can look at and what you can listen to. You can do so much damage to your heart today. In a moment, you can do such damage that's unbelievable. Solomon, who wrote this passage, understood that our heart is under constant attack. And when he says, guard your heart, he's implying that we are living in a combat zone, one where there will be consequences if we don't protect our hearts. Sometimes you need to pull the drawbridge up and you need to protect your heart. What are you looking at? What are you letting into your heart? What are you listening to that is slowly but surely polluting your heart, taking it out of tune? What are you doing? What are you allowing in? You know, there's this old song we used to sing to our kids. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Right? Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. Oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. Oh, be careful, little hands, what you do. Oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. There's so much wisdom in that dumb little song. I'm sorry, it's not dumb, it's cute. Alright? But a drawbridge not only can let things in, it can uh, allow things to come out. And this leads us to the second part of guarding our hearts. That we need to listen to our hearts. And I want to just ask you, just for a minute, have you listened to your heart lately? And I don't mean, 
this lovey-dovey, that's part of it. What I mean is, have you listened to your heart? That Paul wrote this in Ephesians 4.29. He says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only that which is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Do you watch your words? Your words are a reflection of the state of your heart. Are your words unwholesome? Are they fearful? Are they angry? Are they worried? Are they bitter? Are they hateful? When gossip springs up around you and others are starting to knock someone around you down and you may agree with their assessment, do you join in or do you guard your heart and say the, the bridge needs to come up? I need to shut up here. Take some quiet moments and hear your heart. Examine it and say, is it in tune? Is it in... You know, I've talked a little bit about tuning your heart, getting your heart in tune, right? How do you get your heart in tune? How do you get your heart in tune? Well, I think there's a few things you can do. Number one, I think hearing the Word of God, reflecting on the Word of God, will help tune your heart. James says, take in the Word, but don't forget what you've just heard what you've just seen because you just had an opportunity to see your heart you you know and it may be that you you're worried about things you're constantly worried about things well the the bible jesus one of the biggest passages in the sermon on the mount he starts talking about worry and when you start reading through that what you're doing you're you're saying to your heart you need to shut up (laughs) i need to tune you i'm not going to allow you to talk to me like that uh, so Bible reading, reflection, prayer, worship, gathering together and worshiping, um, caring for the needs of others, fellowshipping with God's people. You know, these are all ways to, to guard your heart, to tune, retune your heart. You see, here's the, here's the point. Your heart is being tuned. It's either, it's either moving into tune or it's moving out of tune. And you may not be able to hear it. It may be that you have a stone ear. You just haven't heard your heart lately. And you need to find help because that's how you, you, you uh, guard your heart. Is sometimes you need somebody to listen to your heart for you. Do you have someone that you trust who can listen to your heart for you? You know, a doctor will, you know, when you go in for your physical... Uh, he'll get a stethoscope and he'll he'll listen to your heart. And uh, you can't necessarily do that very well and you don't have the medical training. But you know what? You can have somebody close to you who's listening to your heart. And have you given anyone close to you the freedom to say, you know, I'm hearing some things in your life. Worry, fear, anger, bitterness... It's your heart. I hear it. What's going on in your heart? Do you have somebody in your life that you can ask them, and it's got to be somebody you trust and you have a relationship with them, and you say, would you tell me what you're hearing? What are you hearing my heart say? Are you hearing the Holy Spirit when He convicts you and He convicts your heart? 
When you say something or do something or look at something, you know you should. And the Spirit of God quietly comes to you and says, what are you doing? What are you doing? Do you know the peace of God that when He guards your heart and mind in Christ Jesus? Are you allowing God and His Word and His Spirit to guard your heart? Notice what Paul says in Philippians. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. He says, now don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. We do exactly the opposite. We worry about everything. We don't pray about anything. So we've got it absolutely backwards. But he says this. He says, tell God what you need and thank Him for what He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And then he says this. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. When your worried heart starts to go off, do you allow God's Word and His Holy Spirit to calm your heart and to give you His peace? Have you asked Jesus to guard your heart? Because He said He will, right? Just imagine this. Because Paul says this, His peace, the peace of Christ, Jesus, will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So just imagine Jesus Himself on alert, guarding the drawbridge of your heart. Think of the imagery of God's peace surrounding, strengthening, strengthening, protecting, and garrisoning your heart. You know, guarding the gate. So you have a backup to call on. You're not alone in this battle. You need to guard your heart because you're in a battle. And your heart is under attack whether you know it or not. You can't win this battle alone. You will need to be diligent and you need to allow others to come alongside of you and join the battle. That's why I love programs like Celebrate Recovery. Because it's people that said, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling in the battle. Hey, listen, we're all struggling in the battle. But I'm, I'm willing to ask somebody else to hear my heart. And to help me. And we need that help. God didn't put us alone on this earth. He put us within community. So you can't win this. You need, you need to be diligent, but you need to allow others to come alongside of you and join you in the battle. Now, I just want to say a word. Some of you have left the drawbridge of your heart down. And the enemy's having a field day. You just let it down and you wonder, what is going on here, man? My life's a mess. Well, have you looked at your drawbridge lately? See, the good news is it's never too late to take over control of the drawbridge. You have the resources that are ready and willing to assist you in the battle. So Solomon says to his son, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Above all else, guard your heart. Because it will direct, it is directing your life. It is. And you can't do this alone. You need help. And it's about not only making sure that what comes out, you're guarding that, but you're guarding what comes in. How are you doing in that? Now I want to just close with one last thought. In the end, the only one that can clearly see our hearts, even we can't see our hearts as clearly as God can. God is the only one that can really see our hearts. And I don't know where you're at this weekend. Maybe people have overlooked you. 
Maybe they've marginalized you or they've put you down. They've said you will not amount to very much. You're a loser. Um, I want to tell you that God values you and He knows your heart. And like I said last weekend, He is making a masterpiece. If you know Jesus, God loves you so much and He has a plan for your life. I want to close with a verse that I hope will be encouraging to you. Because some of you have been overlooked. Some of you have been made fun of. Some of you have been put down. Some of you have been abused verbally. And more than that. But the Lord looks at the heart. And in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, it says this, The Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the heart. What would I say to my boys? I would say, give your heart to Jesus. He's the only one who can be trusted with it. I would say, allow Him to mold you and make you into the masterpiece that He has planned. And I would say, guard your heart. Because it's under attack. Whether you know it or not, you're in a battle. But the good news is, you have help. You have hope. Because you have a God who knows you and sees your heart. And will come alongside you and assist you in this process. Would you stand with me? Let's pray. And so, Father, thank you. Thank you for giving us new hearts. And may we understand that our hearts can easily go out of tune. And they are under attack today in so many ways at so many fronts. Some of us would confess that we've been lackadaisical. We haven't been diligent. We've allowed our hearts to take in trash. We've allowed others' words to take precedence over what you say about who we are. We've allowed our words just to flow freely with no restraint, with no thought of hearing them. I thank You, Father, that You want to do a work in our hearts. But You include us in the process. So may we work with the tools that You've given to us, the resources, Your Word, Your Spirit, Your people. And may You remake our heart. Finely tune it so that we'll be pleasing to You. We pray this, Father, for our good and Your glory. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.